On this episode of the Blackburn News Podcast, we continue our look at the recent discovery of the remains of 215 Indigenous children in unmarked graves on the site of a former residential school in Kamloops, B.C. Professor Lori Campbell is an intergenerational survivor of the Indian residential school system and a child from the 60s scoop generation. She spoke with host Craig Needles. We decided to continue our look at residential schools by talking with Dr. Lori Campbell, who's a professor at the University of Regina. She's also worked at the University of Waterloo. She joins us to talk about the educational aspects of residential schools, why we haven't learned enough about them so far. We'll talk about reconciliation as well. Uh, Dr. Campbell, thank you so much for joining us. I just first want to get your reaction to all the news that's come in over the last week and a bit here in regards to what happened in Kamloops, discovering those 215 children who were killed at that residential school. Just a lot of sadness, right? And and just uh, heart-wrenching um, thinking about, uh, you know, the, those kids. And, and, um, and, and I, I guess also like thinking about the, you know, the families and, and uh, you know, the siblings and the other kids that were at this school, right? And, um, you know, we've heard we've continuously heard from our old ones and from, you know, the people who have survived residential school and passed on the information um, that there were so many uh, siblings and peers that didn't make it. And, um, you know, families, parents, parents uh, knew that kids didn't come home. Siblings knew that, you know, their kids, their, their siblings were at the school one day and not the next. And um, classmates knew that. Uh, and it, um you know, and, and mainstream, you know, just hasn't believed it. And the government and the churches have continued to cover it up and haven't, you know, invested the resources today to um, help us bring, you know, all the children, all the spirits home. So it was, uh, um, and, and I just, I mean, there's going to be, there's going to be so many more because we know, because we've heard the stories, we know there's going to be so many more. And so, you know, the uh, provincially here in Saskatchewan, but also nationally with the um, national chief um, has called out to have all of the uh, sites around residential schools searched with the um, the radar to, uh, to to you know to look for other bodies. Um, yeah, just so many feels. I mean, even even the fact that uh, you know our our people have said that uh, you know sometimes kids as young as three years old were taken. And um, the government and, and churches have insisted that wasn't the case. And yet, uh, you know, some of those bodies that they found, they have identified as being around three years old. And, and it just also goes to recognizing the violence and the force that was used against us, right? Because when they came into the communities to take the children, if the parents were saying this child is only three, they weren't being believed anyways, and the children were still stolen, right? Um, yeah. So there's just this long history of just like such like wretched violence. And, and that's the thing that I think a lot of Canadians didn't know. And we've seen the, the, the tweets that have gone viral. Hey, I never heard anything about yeah. this when I was in school. I didn't know residential schools were a thing. And, and, and I'm in that category. That's not something we were taught when I was in school. It's changing now. Uh, why do you think Canadians didn't learn this in school? Is it just simply a matter of it's an ugly history and we don't want to talk about it? Or is it a matter of uh, perhaps just, you know, making it worse from the perspective of this is a, a footnote. This is something that was irrelevant. So why even bother talking about it? No matter what the answer is, it's pretty horrific. 
Yeah, you know, I think uh, in all honesty, I mean, there's there's been whistleblowers. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Uh, editing is a thing and that's okay. Um, in, in all honesty, I mean, there's been whistleblowers throughout the... Ah, let me turn that off. That's okay. And I just hung up on you. I... Okay. Um, there's been whistleblowers throughout like the the decades, right? Um, about the things that occurred at, at residential school. And what I think the way I look at it is this has been um, the biggest national cover up, um, you know, since the residential schools occurred. And, and I think partly because, um, you know, the governments certainly at the time and the churches at the time knew that the masses would not support what had been done mm -hmm. you know we had uh you know in the, in the early 1900s the chief medical um, examiner of canada uh dr bryce investigated um what was going on at the residential schools and wrote a scathing report that spoke about how um from a health perspective whether it was just the environment and poor funding uh to you know to have the schools and, and the residences the residential um uh schools um, in at a standard of you know safety, health and meeting health and safety regulations, to you know keeping kids in residential schools instead of sending them um, to the sanatoriums when they were sick with TB because this, the schools were paid per head, and the the federal government fired Bryce, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, so to me, this has just been like this ongoing. Uh, uh, government and church push against really um, trying to be accountable and uh, right the wrongs that have been made, right? And, and currently we see, you know, the federal government has, I think, uh, three court cases, but yep. only one that I knew about, um, the one against the, uh, the, where the Canadian Human Rights Tribunal found that the federal government discriminated against First Nations children, and they've spent over $3 million now in the last couple of years fighting us in court while they've received like something like a dozen non-compliance orders we're not doing what um, the government's been ordered to do. And I just, you know, those, the fight is still on it. The resistance is still on instead of just, um, you know, being accountable and some government has to, you know, be accountable. I recognize it's not the current government that, uh, you know, um, enforced residential schools, <laughs> but the current government has an obligation uh, and the current church uh, leadership also has an obligation to right these wrongs. And um, yeah, so I, th I think a lot about those sorts of things, you know, instead of spending the millions of dollars trying to fight us in court, uh, you know, reallocate that money. And I see that, you know, some money has now come out in the last uh, couple of days to actually do the searches of all the residential schools, um, as was one of the calls from the TRC, right? Mary Sinclair has uh, spoken about that as well, that we've we've said there's kids, are, there's children missing, and we want them brought home. Um, but it's, it's about priorities, too. So I think, I mean, I think, so I get that the broader public often doesn't know because of, because of that history of what the government and the churches have done to cover it up. And so it wasn't in the educational system. Even at the time of residential schools, I'm sure there were many families who really had no idea. Like, so, you know, like, whatever, your great-grandparents or something probably never had any idea because there was a whole bunch of propaganda going out about how dangerous and savage the indigenous peoples were and to watch out for them and to stay away from them. And at that time we were still locked up on our reserves, right? And mm -hmm. we were they're locked up on our reserves and we couldn't leave. 
or we were uh, locked up in residential schools. And so the main public and settlers that came were fed uh, government propaganda and um, really had no idea a lot of times about what was going on. Um, but now we do know different, right? The TRC is out. There is no one in Canada that um, uh, should not have any knowledge about what happened in residential schools. I do put that on Canadians at this point. The TRC has come out um, in 2015, and that's that's a long time ago now. It yep. feels like a long time ago, right? And so everybody should know about it, and everybody needs to, I think, also think about the priorities of if this is important and we want to not make the next generation be in a similar boat as we are today in like, why didn't I know? Then we need to also prioritize that we're voting, um, you know, our votes are, are prioritizing this education in our K to 12 system. Um, I, I, I envision like, I wonder about like, what would happen if, if our young people, like if all of our five-year-olds right now um, across Canada, across Turtle Island grew up knowing and learning about this difficult history and then we're working alongside each other to you know build relationships and to build a path forward in a different way than we ever had opportunity to and and i think it would also bring about a different understanding right the residential schools when i talk about like the poor funding like we see that play out today like there's there the, the poor funding continues right we, we still see poor housing overcrowding and housing um health disparities all of those things that's always been, that's always been how it has been. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's true. And it's not, uh, it's not done yet. Uh, the idea that, oh, okay, well, we've, we've, we put the residential school thing behind us. So everything's over now and we're all good here. Uh, we are not all good here. Before we move on to what the future looks like, I do want to ask you, is teaching this in school, is the fact that more Canadians know about this and we see the awareness has come from the news uh, since we found out about the discovery in Kamloops and we see the, the, the Facebook profile picture changes with the, the memory of those kids, we see the Twitter stuff. Is that type of education a big part of helping with reconciliation? I know it's in the Truth and Reconciliation Report, but is, is that a necessary part in order to make this happen? I think it is because, you know, like, uh, you know, our, our youth, I, th I think, you know, cultures, you know, all Canadians, we would all say that, you know, our, our youth um, are our future, right? They're the ones who are going to be, uh, you know, hopefully taking, you know, good care of us and, and, le and leading well when we're all, you know, when you and I are in our old age, right? And so we want to, I, I want to, I think we want to give them the best tools possible to be able to do that and to be able to, um, you know, have a, um, a stronger and, and more just future um, across Canada for, for all of us. And, and I think that, you know, starts with that education. And, and you know, and I get sometimes people say, oh, it's, you know, a terrible thing and, and uh, we can't teach, you know, our, our little kids about that. Um, but, you know, like we, we teach kids about difficult um, subjects all the time uh, at age appropriate levels, obviously, but children learn about death, whether it's, you know, their hamster or, or grandma or, you know, a parent or, or you know, um, uh, anything like that. And, and we teach about things like uh, the Holocaust. Uh, um, and, and there's lots of uh, literature out there that is age appropriate now and lesson plans that are available to teach children at an early age um, so that they, you know, and, and, and increase the uh, uh, depth of knowledge as, as, as age goes on, like we do in all of our subjects. 
And um, I, I do think that education is extremely important um, because, you know, I, I teach it. Uh, um, I've taught out there at University of Waterloo and I've taught back here in Saskatchewan. And, and uh, one of the things that I hear the most from non-Indigenous 18 and 19 year old uh, young people um, as they're halfway through my class is how can I how did I not know about this? How could I have not have known about this? And um, and that's like that's our that's the adults' fault, right? Because when they're, when they're kids, we're the ones who are responsible to for their futures, for their education, for you know everything they need. And and if we're not doing that, um, that that's on us. And uh, I, I can tell I can tell you all, all you parents, you know, that are non-indigenous. This is what I hear out of your kids' mouths when they get to eighteen and nineteen, and they're really distraught about it. And they're also wondering what their parents were doing and how their parents didn't know about it and why their parents didn't help them learn. Yeah, no, it's it's understandable why they would be distraught to know that this the, this was happening in this country and and Canada has this reputation of oh we're this we're this virtuous country and uh, and we do the right thing and we're polite. Well, if you pull back the curtain just a little bit, you don't have to look hard. You realize there's. There's some pretty horrific stuff in the background there. And, yeah. and, and and I think that that comes as a shock to a lot of people when they first realize it. But this week, uh, the last, uh, you know, uh, however, however many days since we found out about the discovery in Kamloops, uh, that shouldn't be shocking anybody. This is stuff that no. we knew happened. Now we just have the evidence and it's, it's yeah. horrific evidence, but we have the evidence now. Yeah. And we need to believe, you know, like the, in broader society needs to believe indigenous peoples. Um, you know, we, um, our oral traditions, our stories, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're not just like fairy tale stories. Um, you know, there's, there's truth behind them. And, uh, you know, we've been told, we've been told about this. And, uh, and, and unfortunately, you know, uh, we're kind of in a, our society likes to think that until there's proof, nothing really existed. And, and that's like concrete proof to justify it in, in uh, somebody else's mind. But, uh, you know, I really think that, you know, Canadians um, just really need to, you know, take to heart and believe Indigenous peoples. And, you know, and and uh, and this has a direct link, you know, those residential schools, they have a direct link to, you know, where we are today, um, you know, to uh the intergenerational trauma that uh, people are still living under to the the 60s scoop which which i'm a part of to the millennial scoop which occurred which is ongoing right now to you know we have generations um there was like up to seven generations that were taken away to residential school like imagine seven generations of people of young people growing up without um without their culture without uh, and also without understanding or having a um the opportunity to grow up in a family and communal situation. And, you know, and, and I hear a lot today about how, you know, people will even say it about me or about others, you know, oh, we're so resilient. And, and uh, you know, I really think we need to also question that. It's like, you know, um, kids don't need to be resilient. Like what they need to be is like safe and loved. Uh, you know, and, and we need to like not focus on, oh, you know, they're amazing because they're so resilient because of all this trauma. It's like, what if, you know, children should just be safe and loved and uh, um, grow up from that state. And yes, there's other hardships that occur to all of us in our lives. But but the the, the types of trauma that occur in Indigenous, the lives of Indigenous peoples is, um, yeah, we need we need to take care of that. We, we want a different future for our children yeah. and for our children together. Right. Uh, certainly, certainly. So 
the education portion we've discussed, you, you mentioned, you know, where, where governments fall on this. And I, I want to ask you about that because like you said, the, the, this current government didn't install the residential school system. However, there are ongoing court cases. There are boil water advisories. There's mm-hmm. missing and murdered indigenous and, and two-spirit women. There's, there are these issues that the government, this government today has to get a handle on and they have not done that. And in some cases, they've stood in the way of 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 that being done so this is what you have to wonder about where things are going if the people who are making the choices are 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 making the right ones at all yeah absolutely and and so uh, yeah so i think you know the education i think believe indigenous peoples and um i think you know we i need to you know we need to call on people to uh you know check their priorities and, and uh, you know, when it comes to things like voting and holding, you know, leadership accountable and um, if, if they're really interested, you know, as an Indigenous person, it's it can be very um, wearing uh, having people show up who are not Indigenous um, only at our vigils as we're mourning, you know, deaths and violence that have occurred to us and yet uh, not take steps when they can, you know, change how they vote or, or you know, be at tables to um, lobby how resources are spent and, and what they're supporting. And, you know, I think, you know, when we talk about allyship and solidarity, like, um, yes, come to the vigils, but yes, put the pressure on your elected officials to ensure that we can have a more equitable and just society moving forward and that we can, um, uh, you know, have opportunity, our kids can have opportunity to thrive alongside one another. Yeah, and that's that's I think what everyone should want to see. Uh, what would your if, if someone asked you, hey, what should the government's first priorities be? What 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 should we be getting to uh, uh, immediately? What would you say should be top line for them right now? Well, I think I think uh, top of mind, and, and this is um, this is just what I'm hearing from Indigenous community mm-hmm. and from out in BC and, and nationally and provincially here in Saskatchewan in particular is uh, the resources to be invested so that we can um, search all of the lands around uh, all of the residential schools to ensure that we can bring uh, our young spirits home and um, and and bring some closure to our our communities um, around you know this intergenerational grieving and intergenerational like grieving without knowing without knowing what happened um, or where, or where you know, some of our young spirits are laid to rest, and um, so I think I think that's pretty. I think that's the biggest sort of national call, and and um, that that needs to happen. And and then I would say alongside that will be um, the education. Let's not let's not raise another generation of young people who do not uh, know the uh, history of Canada and its formation and how it connects to the contemporary realities that we see around us. And let's position them to have a better opportunity, um, you know, to, to be together alongside one another than we ever had. I think that's uh, exactly what we should want. 
real quick, and I know I've, I've taken up more of your time than I thought, but this has been a fascinating conversation. Uh, first of all, I, I know that there are some people that are in, in here in Ontario, and you spent some time here, as you said, that mm. would say, oh, okay, this is a Northern Ontario thing. and something that happened in, in, in Western Canada, residential schools. Uh, but I was saying on a, on a podcast earlier, and I'll, I'll say to you right now, there was a residential school in Brantford that closed in 1970. There was yeah. a residential school uh, between London and Strathroy that was in operation until the 60s, I believe. This is not something that happened forever ago in some other place. This is something that happened in your backyard, and there's a good chance that, you know, it happened while you've been alive. Right, right. And I, th- and I think we need to, like, it is. It's, it's, it's in our lifetimes, Craig, and, and, and we have a, I, I think, you know, I like, to, and I like to think Canadians, you know, feel like a sense of responsibility to, um, to, you know, to correct um, some of these wrongs. And, and um, it is, and, and, you know, when I say that, that the, the residential schools like directly affects today, um, it does very much play a role in uh, the issues, many of the issues that we see, uh, you know, playing out in Indigenous communities today. And um, yeah, it's not that long ago. You know, Canada is a young country. I mean, 153, 54 years old, whatever, whatever we are at now, mm-hmm. like, we're like, that's like nothing. That's a blink of an eye when, you know, and um, uh, so yeah, so pretty much anything that's happened in the, since the formation of Canada is like pretty recent, um, you know, we can we can find a pretty quick a direct ancestor to uh, who was you know engaged in voting and and uh, you know supporting some of these leaders. So yeah, it's not history. No, no, it's uh, something that's ongoing now. Uh, before we go, and I've uh, I've asked this question to a few people. I'm going to ask you, uh, and and the and, and the answers are varied. Is this or could this be a turning point when it comes to Canadians? recognition recognition and realizing of what went on at residential schools. We obviously had the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, and that was a, a, a big part of the conversation. But I think that this, in my experience in media at least, has cut through more to more people in more different walks of life who maybe aren't as plugged in uh, to the news as some others might be, finding 215 kids in an unmarked grave. Do you think this could be a turning point as far as how Canadians talk about this, how they think about this, how they hold their leaders to account when it comes to these issues? I, I like to think that it is, and, and I certainly hope that it is. I, um, and, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie, though, too. It, uh, again, you know, we haven't been believed, and so that's mm-hmm. also been really hard on our old people and really hard in our communities um, because, again, we've known that, we've known that these um, children have been missing, um, and there, you know, and there's other things, I guess, that I would also throw in there, you know, like, like I said, like our, our, our kids, some as young as three years old were taken away, residential schools were paid per head. Um, and so, you know, if, if the church wasn't documenting them, I'd be curious to know, like, how many of how many of the residential schools were still drawing on money from the government uh, on kids that they knew were deceased. Um, you know, we also know stories about um, children uh, becoming pregnant by priests and, you know, babies being thrown straight into incinerators, um, live children. And, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, just, again, just, you know, I call it to all Canadians, just believe Indigenous peoples, believe um, what it is that we say has been our lived experience. And those of us that are speaking about it now that have not, um, did not go to residential school, we're carrying on the stories of our relatives that have told us, about their experiences in residential school. 
and uh, we will continue to do that until um, until uh, everything has come to light. And then I think you know, then we'll have the full truth. The TRC, you know, we didn't um, we got we got truth there, but uh, um, this is I guess kind of the concrete proof that other Canadians may be needed, which is again just it's it's difficult as Indigenous peoples to. Um, have to have that mm -hmm. to feel like we are believed about uh, the experiences. Yeah, no, I I understand you. Uh, you 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 explain it so many times, and then nothing changes, and the reaction is, oh wow, and. Uh, in some cases, it's that, or in some cases, it's, well, that never happened at all, and I don't have to tell you that uh, uh, social media comment sections get pretty toxic pretty quickly with some of these things. But, uh, yeah, I can imagine that it's just remarkably difficult to have to explain it over and over and over again. So maybe there will be less need for explanation because when you say, oh, yeah, residential schools were bad, here are 215 kids that were killed there. Like, it's, uh, it, it becomes pretty obvious that it was awful. Yeah, yeah, and let and let's not wait for you know we have the missing and murdered yep. Indigenous women and uh, children and Two Spirit inquiry out there, um, you know again believe what is in that inquiry and um, you know demand that the calls to justice are followed through on um, the calls to justice are are supposed to help stop the genocide of Indigenous women, girls, and Two Spirit people, and uh, that's still ongoing, right? Um, COVID hit, but the genocide's still ongoing, and uh, the political will shifted um, from taking action on that, right? And here we are two years um, in from when we were supposed to have an action plan, and there is none. That's Dr. Lori Campbell here on the Blackburn News Podcast as we continue to look at the legacy of residential schools in Canada.